Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Robots Radio presents. You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Hey, Sergio. Yes. I found an awesome spell in this book. Well, what? don't just tease me. What, what was it? What is it? I found a way to get us banana split Sundays. You're welcome. I do. I do like me a good banana split Sunday. <laughs> also. Welcome back to the Dungeon Dragons Lorecast. I'm your host, the Almighty Crit, and joining me is my fellow host, Sergio. Hello, everyone. We're here to talk about Dungeons and Dragons type stuff. We're so excited. Thank you for joining us yet another week. And for you new listeners, we hope you stick around. Yes, please. <laughs> but on that note, I think we should dive into this because I'm stoked for this stoked we're gonna be talking about genasis today Mm. Mm. genasis a relatively new character uh race class character class or uh character race that's available to players on DD beyond um they were released as uh as part of the free elemental temple of elemental evil or elemental evil uh pdf that wizards released and so as a result you can play a genasi uh oh we got difficulties fresh out of the box if you're if you're starting up on uh, on dnd beyond so we wanted to what are the difficulties oh, we had audio difficulties it's okay you're back now oh i'm back you're back am i back <laughs> Kind Excellent. of, kind of frozen. Yeah, we'll be talking about Genasi. <laughs> we'll be talking about Genasis. Uh, they're a relatively new, uh, playable character race, uh, able to be played on D and D Beyond as a result of the free Elemental Evil PDF that Wizards mm-hmm. released. So, if you sign up for a free account on D and D Beyond, you can play as any one of four Genasis. So, we wanted to make sure that we covered them just so any new players or any players unfamiliar with the race have a little bit more insight into what they can do and what they shouldn't be able to do mm-hmm. uh, or what, what decisions they should make and what decisions they probably should shy away from uh, when creating a genasi. Oh, yeah. So should we first dive into where the genasi came from? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they uh, genasi are... Uh, they 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 carry the power of the planes in their blood. They have they have this sort of um, not divine but almost primordial power flowing through them. Hmm. They are the offspring of genies and mortals, and so uh, a genie from the uh, airplane or from the fire plane, you know, perhaps travels to the material plane. And perhaps a a lovely elven woman catches his eye and he picks her a bouquet of posies and asks her out to the 
uh, ice cream social. I don't know, whatever it is, <laughs> uh, elves got going on. And so anyway, so, you know, they fall in love, they make a baby. And so that's a genasi. It's half genie, half mortal. Uh, the offspring could be a result of, of what I just mentioned, which is uh, genasi and mortal, or it could be a genasi, genasi, um, pairing to produce a genasi. Uh, the coolest idea is that a genasi could even be born um, because they have like genasi blood in like, uh, like, you know, in their, in their ancestry. So uh, what's a cool idea is that, you know, perhaps like a, like a long lost, like great grandfather was a genasi. It's like, Oh, I don't know too much about that side of my family. And then all of a sudden she gives birth to a genasi. So hmm. I think that's probably the, the coolest idea. It's like uh, it could even be like a descendant of a genasi. Yeah. I've, I will say I loved when they brought the genasi into this because we have, we have your, your half demons or the ones that made deals with mm -hmm. demons. We have, you know, mm -hmm. we've got your half divines or your half primordials. You, you've got all these half beings. But Genie, I felt like for a long time, had been just kind of left to the wayside. And if they did yeah, have half beings, absolutely. they were always evil. I love the fact that 5E, when they, they when they developed it, they took it to... The next level and said there's no you know we keep coming back to this but there's no evil characters you know there's no inherently evil yeah. characters you have choice and now that we can play as genasi and explore the genasi it's even more exciting yeah i mean as um in earlier editions uh that that sort of that character race was around mm -hmm. but you would have to homebrew it to yep. to make it a playable character to make uh otherwise it's just an npc it's a it's in the monster manual essentially mm -hmm. so yeah it's really cool to be able to play as one in fact i play as an earth genasi in one of my campaigns his name is dr pepper <laughs> <laughs> dr p <laughs> so um as far as um uh their physical traits they're going to um they're going to inherit something from both from both sides from mm -hmm. the genasi side and the mortal side so they'll resemble the 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 mortal aspect in terms of like if it's if their mortal parent is an elf they might have pointed ears or if it's a dwarf they might have like a um, like a shorter stockier frame mm -hmm. um you know small hand and feet half that sort of thing um but from the genie side, they will have an unusual skin color, uh, red, green, blue, or gray, depending on what type of genasi it is. Mm -hmm. um, and there's always just something sort of odd about them. They always sort of seem like a little, I mean, aside from the, the un, you know, the different colored skin, you know, they, there's just, you know, they, they have, like I said, they have the power of primordial power flowing through them. So they're always going to be a little bit removed from you know, mortals as, as we know them. Yeah. And, and we honestly wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, no, I mean the whole, like the, 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 fun, the whole fun of it is that they're different. Exactly. So shall we dive into the different types of the Genasi? Well, first let's, let's, um, all let's, let's go into like general, like a couple of general things that mm -hmm. all Genasi share. Okay. So they all, um, they all have, like I said, they all have this, this elemental, uh, blood, this elemental power flowing through them mm -hmm. and it manifests itself in, in magic, like, like within in magic, essentially. Um, they are all medium size with a base walking speed of 30 feet. So mm -hmm. pretty standard there. Um, each type of genasi will vary, uh, in different abilities as far as, um, um, as far as bonuses and we'll get into that as we cover each one yeah. but every single type of genasi has a plus two to constitution which is i mean if you're wanting hp if you're wanting to make sure you're going to make sure your your character doesn't die that plus two to constitution is is something else yes <laughs> that's it's a that's a must have that's a must have <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, 
I wouldn't say it's it's a must-have because you have like a bunch of like you know wizards and uh, mm, and yeah. squishies as as they're known in the the DM your corners. glass cannons. Uh, but it de- definitely doesn't hurt having a plus yeah. two to Constitution can only help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I said, that's across the board for all type of genasi: earth, wind, fire, and water. So let's go ahead and and start with the earth genasi. We'll cover. Uh, the Earth Genasi and the Air Genasi before the before the break. We'll in the we'll do the middle of the show and then we'll come back and uh, we'll finish up the other two. So and Earth Genasi, special... there. Um, oh yeah, of course you do. <laughs> so uh, Earth Genasi, Earth Genasi, they have um, their specific um, like sub race mm-hmm. ability score increase is a plus one to strength. So if you are wanting to build a barbarian or a fighter or a paladin, just something that's going to like jump into melee combat yeah. and whoop up on some undead or some goblins or, you know, some bugbears, mm-hmm. a earth genasi like paladin or barbarian going to be a pretty good choice. Yes. Cause that mat, that pairing of strength and constitution is, is just chef's kiss for a melee combat character. Yes. So as a as an Earth Genasi, uh, you inherit some sort of control over Earth. You um, and like the Earth, you have a very like slow and methodical temperament. You, mm-hmm. you know, you tend to avoid rash decisions. And you want to, you usually like think over your actions before, before you do them as far as in, in uh, role playing tactics. Um, you have a ability known as earth walk. Yep. You can move across difficult terrain made of earth or stone without expending extra movement. Now that's uh, beautiful. Obviously most like a, a lot of this stuff is situational. Mm-hmm. But when it comes around like that, you've got difficult need you're just plugging along 30 feet each oh, turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other main uh, ability that they, that Earth Genasi have is merge with stone. Now this is um, essentially it's I I call it like a variation, um, but it's pass without trace. Mm-hmm. It's the pass without trace spell. Yeah, you know, under a different name, uh, you can cast the pass without trace. Uh, it requires no material components, so it's almost like um like a uh, like a divine spell, mm-hmm. and uh, you, which allows you to it's a plus ten to stealth. Yep. And so that, I mean, as an Earth Genasi in my campaign, I use that constantly to help our rogue. He's like, I need to go. I want to. I want to go see what's going on over here. I'm like, let me, let me touch you. Let me, let me feel you. Let me caress you. <laughs> and I cast, uh, I cast um, my uh, my merge with stone, and you're able to do this um, once per long rest. So it's essentially like a free spell that you got. Yeah. Like I, like I said, you've got. Um, as far as builds go, barbarian, fighter, mm-hmm. paladin. I decided to be a druid because I'm not, you know, uh, I'm in this campaign. I wasn't interested in the min max build. I wanted to be more role playing. Yeah, and it's actually worked. It's worked out pretty decently for me. I am about to be um, killed by a uh, evil uh, treant. So. <laughs> Uh, no. we'll see. We'll fingers crossed that I uh, I pass those death saving throws. Oh, this could be the end of Doctor P. This could be the end of Doctor P. Uh, anything you want to add to the Earth Genasi? Any, any insights you can add? Well, <clears throat> here's my only thing with it. I mean, you're right. Obviously, well, you see, you're right. Min maxing, you want to go barbarian and things like that. Yeah, you want to stay more physical focus with these guys. But I can't help but wonder what a rogue Earth Genasi would be like, especially with that pass without a trace, that's that's ability, the mold with stone. 
Yeah. And not to mention you can you can you can you can cross across, you know, rough, rocky terrain with ease. I mean, I feel like this is a build that a lot of people look into and go, ah, great, a fighter. But you're missing those small, minor things that you could jump straight into with a really good rogue build, too. No, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the you know, strength increase would only help with uh, if you uh, focus your rogue character on melee combat. Yep. As opposed to ranged combat. Mm-hmm. That strength will come in handy. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a fantastic insight that uh, rather than using that pass without trace or that merge with stone mm-hmm. on a party member, you can just use it on yourself. Just pat yourself and be like, I'll be right back. <laughs> See you guys. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, but that's all I really wanted to add with the Earth Genasi. I mean, they're, it's these things are going to be pretty straightforward, you know. So who's our next one? <laughs> all right. Up next, we've got the, what I say? Air Genasi? Air Genasi. We got the Air Genasi. Uh, they're, you know, role-playing wise, they are very flamboyant. Mm-hmm. They're keen to have an audience. Um, they don't really, they're, almost, they're very nomadish, very vagabondish. They don't yep. really stay in, a, in any one place too long. Uh, they don't really uh, favor cities as opposed to um, like open plains, deserts, and high mountains. Um, whereas an Earth Genasi, like a background, could be like a hermit or a soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, an Air Genasi's background could be some sort of like entertainer yeah. or like traveling, like carny. Like uh, an Air Genasi in a Wild Beyond the Witchlight campaign would fit right in. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Air Genasi, again, just like every other Genasi, has a plus two constitution. Their uh, their unique sub-race ability score is a plus one to dexterity, which would come in handy depending on what class you have. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, their unique spells, their magic that they have that's a result of their primordial power, uh, they have unending breath. Uh, you can hold your breath indefinitely while you're not incapacitated. Hmm. So that would definitely come in handy if you're sitting there in your party and your DM says, you walk into a room and as you step past the threshold of the door, you hear it lock behind you and a green gas fills the room slowly. <laughs> I'm a Nazi. <nose-nose-y. gasps> I'm just holding my breath. <laughs> Again, uh, like a lot of stuff in D and D, very situational. But when when you got it, it really helps. Yes. Their other is mingle with the wind. You essentially just like merge with stone is is pass without trace. Uh, mingle with the wind is levitate. You can cast a levitate spell once per long rest. And what's I mean, it's it's levitate. You can levitate any number of things, uh, objects yourself. Uh, a party member, mm-hmm. uh, an enemy. It's uh, it's that uh, that spell is so versatile that it makes it makes it urge Genasi that much more appealing. Oh yeah, I, I feel like this this specific Genasi is extremely versatile because I'm sitting here as you're explaining it, and you know I I know this already. But I'm sitting here as a hearing you say it. I'm like, oh, you could be a wizard with that levitate. You could. Oh, well, wait a minute. You could be a ro- really good rogue with holding that breath. And oh, what about a fighter who's sailor background? Yep. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it's a very versatile, you know, race. Yeah. You want um, because of that plus one dex, you uh, like want, if you want to min max, you want to lean. You want to lean on mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. So, like you said, uh, a rogue mm-hmm. or even like a ranger. Oh, yeah. A ranger is an ideal choice for an air genasi, um, considering uh, the dexterity bonus will add on to uh, your ranged attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even maybe a monk, possibly even a monk, because monks, uh, they again, like like a like a ranger with with ranged attacks. Monks swap that dex and strength mm-hmm. when making their own their own attack. So, oh yeah, you could even do a monk. 
yeah, the the it is so extremely. Uh, this is what I love about the Genasi. They're so extremely versatile. I mean, as any sub race with you know the Genasi with their sub races, it, it just you can put them anywhere. It's fantastic. You can min max it. You can role play it, and it's still a decent build. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, like I, I have a lot of fun with my Earth Druid, Earth Genasi Druid, uh, even though the the Druid um, is probably like more um, uh, like the Water Genasi is probably mm-hmm. a better choice for it. But I like the uh, I like the pass without trace. I like the ability to walk on difficult terrain. Oh yeah. Um, and so, like I said, for I did it mostly for role playing, but uh, you know, there are times when I'm in a campaign and I just want to mess stuff up. Yeah. You know, either <laughs> either smash it with a with a warhammer or destroy it with a spell. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how can I make this character as badass as possible? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So we've learned a little bit about Earth and Air. Shall we take our mid-break here and talk about some exciting things? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. All right. We're going to the mid-break. All right. We're in the middle of the show. Sergio. We are in the middle of the show. <laughs> Very middly. Very, Very middly. So I have a couple of minis to bring up. Of course. Uh, we've had a couple of fans in the Robots Radio Discord bring up a few. Uh, Lupus, for sure, has brought up so- tons of these miniatures. And the one that one stood out... One in particular. Yes. The one <laughs> in particular that stood out to me that... Good Lord, we've been asking for it for years. And finally, they have provided... Is the Terrascu. We are getting a Terrascu. I, I, you can hardly call it a miniature at, you know. I was going to say, I think the, the <laughs> mini uh, is a bit of a misnomer. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's huge. It's, it's uh, even, even by like action figure uh, standard, that's pretty big. Oh, it's massive. It's 11 inches tall. And I, I may, I may miss, I may misspeak here, but it, I believe was a whopping, I think it was like seven, eight pounds. It's, it's ridiculous. It's huge. Uh, it's a big one. Um, if you want to get a hold of one of these, oh, we got a dog. That blink dog, I swear. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of one of these, you're looking at a price tag of right around $400. Now they are 400 yes. smackaroos. 400 smackers. Uh, they are available for pre-order right now. You can go and pre-order them on uh, WizKids. Um, and I last time I checked, Amazon didn't have them up. They had said that they were getting everything fixed out. So check Amazon. It may be there. Um, the price I, I've i compared, when I buy minis, I always compare price to different stores. Um, the prices really don't vary much on these. I mean, it's a couple dollars. Not a big deal, yep. you know. Um, but your price tag you're looking at is right around $400. However, something that I found recently is another miniature release we're going to get in December. Now, I'm pretty excited about this one because it's it's long awaited and I'm I'm surprised they didn't release it sooner, to be honest. Uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, 52 miniature set. And we will have pictures of all of these on the Robots Radio discord yes the dungeon and dragons lore cast uh, channel there yeah uh, for those of you who aren't watching live on twitch of course just listening to the podcast form definitely check that out to see what these uh really cool miniatures look like yes um so our we've got we've only got a few uh, uh that i have access to right now um there are the death knight of course we have to have our death knight now the pictures that i have are the website I use is minisgallery.com. And the problem with it is, is when the miniature pictures aren't released yet, sometimes they take pictures from the boxes mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and they use those. So the pictures aren't the greatest quality. So I'm not going to show them on the stream, um, but I will post the website link in the robots radio discord for everybody who wants to check it out. So yes, we have the first, the death Knight. The second one we have is the body taker plant miniature. 
um, which I'm pretty excited for. You also have. How could you not be? I know. Uh, you also have the Alenic Ray miniature. Um, <clears throat> again, quality's not there, but we all, if you if you're familiar with uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, you'll know who this is. Um, we also have the Zombie Clot, zomb- uh, the Zombie Clot, which is just a huge boiling mass zombie. Which again, Van Richten's Guide's got an awesome picture in it. Um, we have our Star Spawn Emissary. Now that one I'm pretty excited for because the Star Spawn haven't really got a whole lot of miniatures over the years. <clears throat> so I'm pretty excited to finally see this. And honestly, I love the fact that Wizards of the Coast is releasing a lot of miniatures that we haven't had before. Um, though they're reprinting some of these and they're redoing and redesigning some of these. You know, it's they're releasing a lot of new ones alongside them. So I'm excited to see that because a lot of these deserve their own miniatures. Um, and the last miniature that we have is the Nosferatu. Now that one, that one, the Nosferatu. Yes. So that one is coming out. The large special mini that they're coming out with with this set is the Gravedigger, which essentially is a giant worm. Think Beetlejuice worms. Think uh, Shy Halud from Dune. Think, yes. Yeah. Uh, the old like Pathfinder or Paizo uh, uh, Age of Worms mm-hmm. yes. uh, campaign. Yep. So, yeah, those Tremors. are Tremors. Yes. Perfect. Uh, Tremors. Yeah. So those are our miniature releases for and that's only some that are expected to come out in December. So get your wallets and checkbooks ready because Oh, they're coming out with some major hitters towards the holiday season. Um, Text 10 star in the chat says that $400 feels like a bit much uh, for the, uh, for the Terrace Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I mean, like that's, uh, I feel like it would have been okay at like 200, you know, I feel like that would have been uh, a price point that obviously um, a lot of people wouldn't be able to, to hit. Mm-hmm. But still low enough to like that seems almost that seems justified where four hundred dollars yeah. doesn't seem as much. I mean, you're looking at a couple pound mini that's uh you know eleven inches tall. I I I can I can see the. Price I mean, I difference. want it. Yes, like I want it. Like it doesn't change the fact that I want it. I guess we're gonna have to take out loans. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we're like is what I wonder if we can put a mortgage on this tower. I know. I, I, I listen. I may or may not be in the talks with banks already. Let's just, just fingers crossed. The Bank of Faerun is really difficult to work with. The Bank of Ravenloft, they'll <laughs> they'll gouge you. You don't want to work uh, with them. No. So, yeah, so those are my minis for this week, which moves us to the DMG's corner. The DMG's corner. Well, in keeping with the the theme of Genasi, I went to go see on the DMs, uh, the DMs Guild, what sort of, uh, you know, what sort of content they had, the Mm -hmm. the D&D creators had uh, created. Uh, And I found a, a couple of new ones, and these are all relatively cheap. You can buy uh, it's a it's a snow genie plus snow genasi, so like yes. you know, earth, wind, fire, all that. Yep. Uh, you can have a snow genasi, that's only fifty cents, as well as the shadow genie and shadow genasi. One of my favorites. <laughs> uh, these are conversions from mm. third edition. Mm-hmm. The snow genasi is a conversion from the frost burn book. And the Shadow Genasi is a conversion. Uh, the Shadow Genie and Genasi subrace is a conversion from the Tome of Magic. And so, like I said, these are both 50 cents each. So for a dollar, you can include two more subraces into your campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Snow Genasi and a Shadow Genasi. Uh, to me, that's, uh, I mean, six different subraces. You know, your your options are are almost limitless as far as like what you want to create. Oh yeah. And that's, what's really cool about the, about the DMS guild is that, you know, you've got stuff that obviously isn't quote unquote Canon, Mm -hmm. you know, that, uh, you know, it's not something that was released by wizards of the coast, but they do sort of have a, um, 
it, like they do have the the content creators blessing and making all this stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, uh, one of my, uh, one of my dreams growing up was to, to produce, to, to make like money writing, you know, D and D campaigns, mm-hmm. content stuff like adventure modules. And I didn't think it'd ever be possible. It's possible now almost, you know, as, as hard as I, as easy as I, or as much as I want to make it happen for myself, it can happen. Thanks oh yeah. To the DMs Guild. Oh yeah. And <clears throat> I'll piggyback with you on that. The DMs Guild, I mean, you could, I have, I personally have spent hours diving through the content and material. It's, it's mind blowing the amount of stuff that people have taken the time to create and the amount of stuff that's just amazing. And I love the fact that Wizards of the Coast sat back and said, we make some pretty cool stuff, but let's be honest, most of the time people use homebrew materials and they always go to outside sources to get this homebrew stuff. So why don't we just make a nice collected area where everybody can get their own homebrew stuff and our creators can actually be appreciated for it. And 50 cents, I mean, to be honest, 50 cents per race doesn't seem like a whole lot to ask. I mean, how many times do you get a video game where the DLC is a dollar for a gun? You know, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't or, uh, an outfit. Yeah. And you're paying creators yeah, you know, that money goes into another D&D fan, just like you. Yeah, exactly. So, but we have one more thing to talk about from the uh, Dungeon Masters Guild. And yeah, speaking of amazing content mm-hmm. made from just regular D&D fans like me and you, yep. we've got, you. we have been plugging this for a couple of weeks now. Yep. And it's going to go on for a couple more, but we've actually got it now. Yes. The special edition hardcore, hardcore, hardcore and hardcover. Oh, oh. The Haunt Trilogy from PB Publishing and the DMs Guild. Look at that. Uh, Look we at are that. giving away a free copy of that. Yes. It's almost 200 pages, full color. It contains The Haunt, The Haunt 2, The Haunt 3. Oh. I've actually, I'm about to start running The Haunt with my friends, I uh, my friends uh, D&D group. And I am beyond stoked for it. I am so yeah. excited. Uh, it's a great time for it. It's 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 spooky season, but they're very easy to enter to win. You actually yeah. have three different ways that you can enter. There are three different ways to gain an entry. The first of which is follow D&D Lorecast on Twitch. It's twitch.tv forward slash almighty crit. You can also go to the D&D Lorecast Twitter, twitter.com slash dnd lorecast and that's the letter d the letter n the letter d lorecast our pin tweet the, tw- the pin tweet on our profile is the official giveaway post all you have to do is like or retweet that and that's another entry you can gain a third entry by going to the aforementioned robots radio discord go into the dnd lorecast channel they will there's a pin uh post on that channel all you have to do is react to that post. Reacting on Discord is like placing an emoji, like the like the heart emoji or the thumb up emoji that you would in on Facebook or or Instagram or in your text messages. Uh, it's, that's all it is. Except there are a bunch of different emojis that people can create. It's really cool. If you're not if you're if you're hip to Discord, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not hip to Discord, you really need to be because that is where I feel the future of social inter like online social interaction will be. That's a that's a pretty heavy thing to drop there. <laughs> I, I, I did it. I did it. I yeah. said it. Uh, so, all right, let's jump back into our Genasi, shall we? Ah! All right, so we're back from our middle of the show, and we're jumping into the next Genasi. Now we're at the tail of the show. No, the let's, tail. <laughs> let's continue on with Fire Genasi. Fire Genasi, uh, they often, you know, they uh, their bloodline uh, is much like their temper. They have fiery tempers. You know, they, um, just like Air Genasi, they almost have this sense of like um, like arrogance to them, like superiority over other people. Yeah. Um, 
but they, you know, because, but they think so much of themselves. That's why they try to do stuff to, um, to like, uh, further their reputation, like, you know, make their reputation that much greater, which is a perfect reason to why in uh, fire Genasi would become an adventurer in the traditional D and D sense. Right. Oh yeah. A, uh, likely common background, um, would be, um, like a criminal or mm-hmm. some kind of folk hero, like a Robin Hood type yeah. character. Um, so the unique ability score for the Fire Genasi is an increase of one to your intelligence score. So this is ideal for uh, intelligent-based spellcasters, like uh, like a wizard, or if you're using more homebrew or more... Um, I guess or unearth or arcana stuff like stuff that's uh that's that's D, but but uh not at the same time that's not like official but it is but it isn't uh the the unearth arcana stuff is a lot of fun you could be an artificer uh or you can create uh you can homebrew a class you know something that is intelligent space because that's that's one uh criticism of the spell casting sort of um builds that that wizards has is that there there's only one intelligence based uh spellcaster which is the wizard everything else is based on charisma like the the sorcerer or the bard or the warlock so this isn't a this is a uh, this is a way to possibly create something uh, completely different um dark vision is a uh subrace subracial trait um, you can see in dim light within 60 feet of you as if it were bright light and in complete darkness as if it were dim light. So that's pretty cool. Uh, this to me, uh, these are in dark vision. It's great to have, you know, it's not fairly too uncommon in your, and your D and D fifth edition races. Uh, what's really cool about the fire genasi is these next two, uh, the fire resistance, obviously, uh, you know, you come from the fire plane. I would, I wouldn't see how it makes sense that fire would hurt you. You have resistance to fire damage, which again is situational. But fire damage comes up a lot. Fire damage comes up more than a whole would think. lot. Yes, traps. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the second of uh, uh, magical uh, ability that they have would be it's called reach to the blaze which is the produce flame cantrip and then once you reach third level you can cast the burning hand spell uh and then you were uh you regain each of these after a long rest so at first level you're doing produce flame at third level you're doing burning hands and so i was digging around i was trying to find some cool stuff and I found a really cool uh, subclass uh, specifically for, you know, and, and it was suggested that this would be a cool subclass for the Fire Genasi. Okay. It's the Fiend. It's the sub-fiend subclass of a Warlock. So it's all like really centered around fire. So you have the fiend uh, already has burning hands, which you have. So it's it's sort of a wash there, but you also get scorching ray, you get fireball, you get fire shield, you get wall of fire, you get flame strike, and so if you want to create a character that's almost like a pyromaniac, creating a like a a fire genasi fiend that's completely centered around fire. I think is a really cool idea. And, and that's something that uh, a lot of newer players. And I, I know that when I first started playing D and D I felt, I fell victim to this is everything just seems so cool. I wanted to be, I wanted my character to be able to do everything. And it wasn't until I figured out like, Oh no, like I've just, I can't do everything really well. That's just impossible. But I can do a couple, like two or three things, great. And if I just focus on those two or three things, 
and figure out what what I want those two or three things to be, then my character will be pretty badass. Like if I want my character for defense and healing, if I focus all my my character building decisions on that, then I can make a pretty badass, you know, defensive healer. If I want to create a tank, then I focus all my creator, all my character creation decisions on that, on, on, on building a tank, on building the biggest, meanest SOB that I can, that I can build. Oh yeah, definitely. And so I feel like the, the warlock fiend subclass with the fire genasi is kind of in, is keeping in that, in that, in that like uh, train of thought Yeah, is really focusing what you want to do and how you want to do it. You want to cause damage and you want to do it with fire. Oh yeah. I I am really with the fire genasi, it Toasty and Chat said it the best. They are some of the most widely used and most popular because of this. Yeah, fire is the most common element usually. Mhm. So, that's a whole whopping and a lot of information on the fire. <laughs> What do we have for our next and I believe final Genasi? Well, final Genasi as far as what's available mm-hmm. uh, through you know uh, the official sources, but yeah, like I say if you go to the DMs Guild, you have you know any number of different variations, different sub races you can pick from and incorporate into your campaign. Yeah, but the Water Genasi, uh, excellent uh, fishermen, excellent sailors, obviously. Yeah. Um uh like while fire and air uh, their personalities sort of um overlap with each other, they're, they're very much the same. The the earth and water genasi are similar in that regard. They prefer the quiet, the solitude, you know, they prefer to be uh close to home, close to the waters. They uh, a good background for them, much like earth genasi would be a hermit or like I said before, like a sailor of some kind. So Earth Genasi, their wisdom score is what increases by one. So once again, all Genasi have a plus two to their constitution. And then each uh, each unique Genasi ha- or each specific subrace of Genasi has a unique ability score increase. Water uh, has a plus one to wisdom. Uh, and much like the, the fire Genasi has a resistance to fire damage, the water genasi has resistance to acid damage. Hmm. Like why? I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. Like, you know, like what the rationale behind that yeah. is. Um, but it's still cool to have acid you know, resistance to acid damage is always a plus. I mean, you can't really be immune to water damage. I mean, <laughs> I don't even think there's yeah. a damage type for that. Well, yeah, uh, but I mean, uh Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, you've got. I feel. It. I feel like maybe cold damage would have been better, possibly. Because yeah. I mean, you know, I yeah. In the chat, they uh, they mentioned maybe it dilutes the acid. That's uh, that's an idea. Like well, yeah. Just, you know, acid being a liquid itself. You know, yeah. uh, if you add water to anything, it dilutes it, makes it less potent. So that's that's pretty good rationale. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I can see it now. I can see it now. Uh, they can swim, of uh, course, as opposed to obviously their water genasi, uh, as opposed to that being um, uh, an athletics check that needs to be rolled. Uh, they have a swimming speed of 30 feet. And of course, they can, in addition to breathing air, they can also breathe water. So hmm. any sort of uh, like moat or any sort of like body of water that needs to be traversed. Mm-hmm. The water genasi, that's where the water genasi can shine. See, this is this is a point I wanted to bring up between the air and the water genasi. See, the air genasi don't they don't have to breathe if they don't want to. Correct. So technically they can dive underwater for as long as they want to. But can they swim? That then that is the key point there. Because I've had players bring this up to me and they said, Well, what's the point of playing a water genasi? Well, can you swim? I mean, you. I mean, you could argue the point where you know you're going to make yourself a little bit more proficient in swimming and things like that, and that's fine. You can argue that, but that's a lot of time wasted 
when you could have simply just gone with the water genasi to begin with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so the the shape water cantrip, like, and we discussed this in last week's uh, guest chat. Yes. Our favorite and least favorite spells, and we we discussed that the the shape water and that the create and destroy water spells can be really cool if used in a, in unique ways. Like you can shape water into uh, into uh, into a weapon. Yeah. You can shape water into uh, like a, any kind of mold. Like uh, if uh, you know, like a like a handprint needs to be placed in mm-hmm. to open up a door. You can shape the water into that handprint. Oh yeah. And then the create or destroy water. Uh, you essentially have uh, a spell that can create your, like what you use as a weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, and with so, the, sorry, the manipulate water, you can make whirlpools. Keep that in mind. Giant yeah, waves. Absolutely. I mean, I've had players knock down ships with giant waves before. I know uh, Critical Role has had something in one of their episodes to do with water manipulation. <laughs> And so, yeah, so they have both of these spells uh, under the Call to the Wave, like, banner. Mm. So under Call to the Wave, they can they have the Shape of Water cantrip as well, as once you reach third level, you can they can also cast the Create or Destroy Water as a, as a second level spell, uh, once per long race. And so, like I said, the, the coolest way I've ever seen uh, Shape Water used was to, to bust a lock. You know, just, uh, you know, just, it was, uh, we, we each had our try to try to pick it, but the DC was just too difficult. Mm-hmm. And so we just had the, we, it wasn't an earth, it wasn't a water genasi. It was just someone who had the shape water cantrip, just put water inside of the lock, froze it, it busted him from the outside or from the inside. Um, so to, because of that plus one to wisdom, your best bet if you want to, if you're trying to min-max a, a water genasi, is a druid or a cleric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of those, either one of those, um, you know, because a druid you have uh, like like spells like shape water, uh, like those are available to druids, but you know, obviously since you already have them as uh, a as a racial trait, but you can select other spells that are very similar that you mm-hmm. can use, that you can combine with them. Um, like you could have, like you could even do the, uh, produce flame cantrip could be one of your druid spells and then you could use create or destroy water to put out whatever fire you started. (laughs) (laughs) And then obviously with a cleric, you can use that to essentially be the medic of your team, which, uh, you know, uh, I find too often, you know, where everyone the parties that I'm in are is they're missing a cleric. <laughs> yeah. It's like nobody and, wants to be the cleric. But I mean it's uh, you know it's it's a vital role. It's a very vital role to play. And you know it to me the you know it I think the next I think the next time I create a character will be a cleric. Mm. You know because I haven't played a cleric in a very long time. And like I said it's it seems that uh the parties I seem to join are, are a bunch of murder hobos with <laughs> healing potions. Are you referring to the fumbling four? <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, yes, yes, and also like my own. Uh, I'm in, uh, my own two campaigns that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like I said, you know, you know, your character is, you know, the the idea of D and D isn't simply to like fight monsters. Yeah. It's to it's to problem solve. It's to role play. Yeah. It's to interact with you know with uh, with your friends, with NPCs that the DM creates. Mm-hmm. You know this it is it isn't a game. Like sure, combat is a huge part of it. It's an absolutely huge part of it. But I think what we're seeing with like stuff like Wild Beyond the Witchlight, where the entire campaign can be can you can undertake it without rolling initiative a single time, you know, proves the point that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you need 
have to fight everything. Role play does have its place. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, some of uh, some of my uh, favorite, some of my most favorite sessions that I've been a part of, or sessions that I've listened to, like on Fumbling Four, or uh, even like you know non D and D tabletop games like like Cyberpunk Red, uh, are really role play heavy. Oh yeah, where we get to know the characters a little bit more and and sort of like figure out you know, where the story is headed. Yep. Like, sure, the combat's a lot of fun, and it's great, like, when you're playing and you're in the middle of a fight or you're, like, toward the end of a fight and you finally kill this son of a gun mm-hmm. and you just want to, like, throw your, like, hands up in the air and cheer. That's fantastic. There's no feeling like it. Yeah. But, you know, that's, it's, you know, the, it, it needs to, for me to really enjoy D&D, like, it's, there's got to be a good mixture of that and role-playing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All that to say, clerics have rights, too. (laughs) Dang it, play a cleric. So, we've covered a lot to do with the Genasi. And I feel like they deserve a magical item. So, I've been tinkering with this one. I that feeling. Oh, yeah. So, I've been tinkering with this one. Now, we've discussed that they come and they're descendants from genie blood. Period. Dot. They're descendants from genie blood in some degree. Correct. Now, what do genies typically have? Lamps. Yes. So, I present to you. Got that one right. A Genasi lamp. Okay. Nice. Okay. So, okay. So, we know Genasis don't have the same exact powers as a genie. But what if I told you that you temporarily could? Ooh. So, here it is. The Genasi lamp is a lamp that you can use on a Genasi one time only, giving them the ability to grant a wish at a genie level. Now. Nice. Yes. Wow-wee. That is a huge magical item. Now, I would advise not to give this to your party members until you're up into those big old boy levels. You know, you're 15, 20. Or... Do give them at lower levels and see and and see if they have if they want to go ahead and use it right then. Oh yeah, or if they want to wait for it. So here's the catch because you know I me. would be more inclined oh. to, if I had if I got it at third level to wait until till much later when like when I felt it was absolutely needed. Oh yeah, I I have been the uh, victim of holding on to an item for too long though. You get to the end, and you're like, "All right, we're gonna use this." Oh no, the campaign's over. What? I mean, something like <laughs> something like a wish. I doubt they're like, gonna hold on for too long. Yeah, yeah. But so we have we have our plus. Where's our minus at? Well, the minus is if you don't use the wish within 24 hours of binding. Not you can have the lamp, but if you bind that to your Genasi. Whether, whether this be a party member or an ally or an enemy, if you do not use the wish within 24 hours after binding, they are forever bound to that lamp and become a genie for all of time. Yes. So that is the quickest way to, quote unquote, kill off your Genasi party member, because at that point they become, you know, and it all depends on your DM, but most DMs that I know would probably turn around and go, all right, well, you're too, way too OP to use as a character, so we're going to have to retire you, you know? Yeah. So it's a very, very specific thing. You have to, you know, you have to use it within that 24 hours or forever be bound to the eternal wishes of genies. Now, a way out of this is your party members could use the wish to, you know, I wish for your freedom. And yeah, you're out of it. But there goes your one freebie. That's it. That's it. You only get the one wish. So if you screw it up, you you lose your wish. Yep. Yep. You you keep your Genasi, but you lose your wish. <laughs> so it's a once again, it's a it's kind of an equal balance there, you know. And as Always. the DM, it's up to you. This is the number one rule with this. It is up to you to tell them whether or not there is a twenty four hour binding rule. Oh yeah, that would be very cool. Like um, like just sort of hints. Like if mm-hmm. they do it. Like if they bind to the lamp, yep, 
give them sort of hints that something feels amiss. Like they, they, they feel like they're like sort of like stretched thin. Oh yeah. Or, or like weak and fatigued mm-hmm. and they can maybe hear something like, like sort of wind blowing through the, through the lamp itself. I like oh, yeah. that. I like that a lot. So we've got our magic out of the way. That means we're at the end of the show. We are at the end of yet another show. Want to thank everyone so much for listening. We're gonna we we have been talking about um, the playable races mm-hmm. that uh, that are available on D and D Beyond. We're gonna shift gears because it's spooky season and because we just like talking about monsters and 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 the things that uh, that get thrown at adventuring parties. Yes, because uh, because we're. So excited to talk about stuff like that. We are going to switch about different types of ghosts, different types of spirits. Oh, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> this was actually your idea. Like you, like I want to talk about ghosts. I want to talk about mm. banshees. Mm. I want to talk about Will the Wisp. I want to talk about all sorts of spooky stuff. And I was like, man, I'm I'm here for it for sure. Oh, so yeah. please join us again next week. Uh, if you also are. Uh, if you're more interested, if you're interested in, in listening to the sound of my beautiful voice even more, <laughs> you can also listen to the other podcast that I co-host. It's called Fandom University. Right now, we're talking about the Halloween movies. Michael Myers, Lordy Strode, uh, Dr. Loomis, all that stuff. Uh, me and my co-host, Sean Hamill, uh, uh, he has a degree in, he has a master's degree and create uh, these like sort of nerdy, sort of low culture, like low class, like stuff, like you know, horror mm-hmm. movies and comic books and sci-fi. We take that stuff and we give it the elevated discourse we feel that it deserves. You know, because just because uh, you know, it, like someone may look at a like a at a horror movie uh, with disdain, doesn't mean that that horror movie isn't saying really uh, thoughtful. And insightful things about um, about culture as a whole, about society, about the human condition. Yeah. And so we really like dive into that aspect of like genre work. Mm-hmm. It's good. It is really good. If you guys are looking for a deep dive, I can't say it enough. It's it's a great it's a great pod. So I I know it's it's been brought up to me. Um, I I already know we we did not forget our patrons. We absolutely did not forget our patrons. My computer is messing up and I don't have my list. So, Sergio, will you do me the honors of reading off our patrons for a big thank you? Because my computer is all over the all place. All of our patrons for <laughs> all over the place. Yes. Uh, all over the place. We want to thank all of our patrons for helping us out. If you want to become if you want to become a patron, just go to patreon.com slash DD Lorecast. Um, we have several different tiers. Uh, as low as five dollars, you know, with five bucks, you help us out. You yep. get free, uh, you get a free, you get a free sticker pack. Stickers. You get, you get these episodes a day early, plus ad free, so you don't have to listen to any any ads, you know, because you're helping pay the bills for us. Uh, you know, all the way up to the deity uh, level, where you can actually take part in our monthly D and D game which crit DMs I play in, uh, the other patrons will play in, and we'll also occasionally have special guests jumping in. Yep. Uh, cast members from The Fumbling Four and The Almighty Crit, Cyberpunk, uh, mm-hmm. Call of Cthulhu, uh, Some... possibly even Stuart or Tom yep. will come back, yep. our, our uh, erstwhile hosts. But for the... Uh, so, like I said, if you want to please contribute, help us out. All that money is going to get... Uh, funneled back into the show to help us, you know, make the show that much better, yep. uh, enable us to buy uh, more content that we can review, uh, giveaways like the Haunt Special Edition hardcover that we're uh, that we're currently running. Mm-hmm. We will, but for right now, we want to thank uh, Wolf the Sheepdog. We want to thank Stagger and Stumble. We want to thank Jonathan Sutter. We want to thank Chris Mitchell. We also want to thank uh, Remington Clotier. And our, our special thank you to our deity patrons, Maverick and Lupus. Thank you so much for believing in us, for helping us continue this uh, this dream that we're mm-hmm. living. 
Uh, like I said, I never once thought that I would uh, be able to talk about D&D and, you know, essentially like, you know, quote unquote, get paid for it. Like I said, like, you know, I'm not lining my pocketbooks with this money. Like we're giving away stuff and we're buying <laughs> uh, the new releases to review. Yep. Um, but I mean, it's stuff. It's what I'd be doing anyway. And the fact that I get to do it uh, with so much support is, is you know, really it's it's something else. Yeah. And I will say we do we do put as much of the money as possible right back into you and the production of the show. Um, it's, I cannot stress that enough. We are 100% fans of this material. We are 100% fans of our fans. We're fans of our fans. We want to give to you as much as you give to us. And that is why, you know, without hesitation, we said, let's do a giveaway for the, the spoopy, you know, spoopy season, spoopy season. We wanted we want to give to you as much as you give to us. You give us your time listening to these podcasts. You know, we really appreciate it. You give us, you give us financial support by donating on Patreon. We love you. We appreciate you and you're awesome. So thank you again. So on that note, see my computer, Sergio saves the day. (laughs) Yay. Once again, Yay! I am a day saver. I don't know. I'm going to have to start pulling up Patreon before it's because it just, it just acts all kinds of weird on, you know, but anyway, so disappointing, so disappointing. So I have a couple shows to list off that I do. Absolutely. Of course. So we have the fumbling four and the almighty grit. Which is homebrew D and D, homebrew D and D, five E live play. Um, it is very, it's very role play heavy. So if you're into that, you want to, you know, listen some theater of the mind, then tune yep. into that one. Um, we have our Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries, the seventh edition Call of Cthulhu live play. Very spooky, spooky. Um, we also have our Cyberpunk Red live play which is cyberpunk, duh. So that's cyberpunk apostrophe D. Um, it's fun. That's one of my personal favorites because I get to play Blitzen. <laughs> yeah, you, play a, you play a real blowhard. Uh, no one seems to like. No one seems to like him. Um, but then we and also... Everyone loves him. Every, no one likes him, but everyone loves him. He's the guy you love. You hate to love. You yeah. know, it's one of those. Yeah. Um, but we also have the Resident Evil lore cast. Um, we just got done doing our first patron chat. Um, mm-hmm. We just released that episode today. Um, that was a blast. And then we have the new show coming out. Um, we have uh, Avatar Legends TTRPG that we are going to be releasing. I have a hard date to give you all now. We're going to be releasing it on Ooh. the host's birthday. Ariel's oh. birthday, the October of the 25th. We're going to be releasing October our first 25th. episode. Yes. We're going to be releasing the calendars. first. Yes. Um, and as a special teaser, um, we are releasing for this spooky season. We are releasing our demo version on October, I believe, 29th, 30th, and 31st. That weekend for all of our shows, we are releasing... Vampire the Masquerade live play. <gasps> I know. So we're doing that. Uh, get your get your calendar. Uh, that world ready. of the darkness just hits different. <laughs> that world of the darkness just hits it different. Does. It does. And then we're also going to be releasing as a special bonus. We are going to be releasing the Almighty Stuart has graciously provided all of us in the world with his what's so rotten about zombies uh, guarding an ancient temple. And we are going to be doing copy today. Ooh, uh, we are going to be releasing a special episode that same weekend of that. So get your calendars marked. Yeah, it's a fun game. It looks it's 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 um, pretty fun. It's built to be as you know, it's not simple, but the the rules are minimal. Mm hmm. And it's built, it's built uh, for that reason so you can learn it very quickly and jump right in and have fun. I love, I love games like that. Yes. So, with all that being said, I think it's time for us to bid everyone adieu. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. We'll join us next week when we talk about ghosts. 
Check Woo! out the Patreon. You get access to all sorts of cool bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. At least two, at least two a month. Us will be up to four. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> all right, till next time, everyone. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.